research that resonates. Schweitzer has not been wrong on any of his years and years of reporting on the Bidens. Investigations that matter. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. But that's, you know, I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that, uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. The only entities, the only people that would report on this, and Peter Schweitzer, who deserves a Medal of Freedom, in my view. This is The Drill Down with Peter Schweitzer. This is Peter Schweitzer, and thank you for joining us on The Drill Down. I'm joined today with Eric Eggers, uh, who is a vice president at the Government Accountability Institute. And we're going to talk today about the most powerful family in the world, America's first family, the Bidens. Uh, and when you say the most powerful family in the world, that's mostly because one member of the family happens to be the president of the United States. That would be correct. Right. That would be correct. Now, we we call the Bidens the Biden Five, kind of like a band, right? Um, you've got band members James, who is Joe Biden's uh, brother, uh, who got some Iraqi war construction contracts when Joe was vice president. We have Frank, his other brother, who got government-backed loans for Jamaica and Costa Rica projects he was involved in. Some excellent pictures of him on the internet, if you can find them. <laughs> there, there are indeed. Uh, I don't think we're going to share those, though. We, we are a family program. Um, we have Valerie, his sister, who made millions of dollars from his uh, political campaigns. His daughter, Ashley, and her husband, Howard, who literally launched their commercial enterprise from the Oval Office. Healthcare company, right? A healthcare company, that's right. And he later became a COVID advisor and for some reason is now trying to extract uh, all this other business. Those are the other band members of the Biden Five. The lead singer, of course, is the president of the United States, Joe Biden, but lead guitar would be Hunter Biden. I'm uncomfortable with these music metaphors. <laughs> I feel like we should just talk about the material. <laughs> well, we want to talk about three major uh, aspects of this today. We want to focus on the fact that the Bidens are a politically and economically corrupt family. Um, criminal conduct, I would argue, um, that this involves first a sophisticated effort that includes full family participation. Joe Biden is the center of this. Second of all, that this is about using our government for self-enrichment, and it has worked fabulously. And the third point I think we want to leave you with today is that it's been massively lucrative. I mean, this involves tens of millions of dollars, and those are only tens of millions of dollars that we know about. There's a lot of money we don't know about. But to be fair, I think, you know, we and specifically you know more than most, right? You've been reporting on, you've written about the Biden family and their business ties and the intermingling of Joe Biden's public service and his family's private business and personal enrichment uh, for some time. And I think what's important for the listeners to know is not only have, have you been talking about it for a long time, but new information continues to be disclosed. Uh, we now know, like, for example, that it, after 100 days in office, uh, Hunter Biden continues to keep an equity stake in basically a business venture with the Chinese government. That's right. I mean, what the most shocking revelation when we first started looking into this is the fact that the Bidens globalized their corruption. We're not talking about, you know, political corruption where a county commissioner gets his nephew a paving contract. We're talking about deals that have been done by the Biden family with foreign governments. And in the case of Hunter, it's the Chinese government, which is our chief rival on the global stage. And you're right. We knew about the deals, but now new information continues to trickle out. Uh, a lot of it has to do with the emails, emails that we've accessed. 
Uh, but it also involves uh, the fact that we know that he got these deals and he continues to profit from these deals, even while his father is dealing with and negotiating with that same Chinese government. Yeah, it's an interesting time uh, for Hunter Biden, right? Because I think throughout, like once you started reporting on Hunter Biden, once you first discovered that Hunter Biden had been involved in business deals with uh, the Ukraine, right? And obviously that became a, a very central uh, story <laughs> to the national narrative. It sort of led to an impeachment, right? Right, um, right, right. And then the fact that Hunter Biden was had this business deal, this $1.5 billion business venture with the Chinese government, uh, and people would sort of ask about Hunter Biden. He was this sort of protected species right. in Biden land, right? He'd had substance abuse problems. He'd had some personal relationships that seemed to be a little controversial. <laughs> you could uh, say that. Right, right. I mean, I, yes. Um, and, but he was not somebody that, that they wanted to talk about. And that seems to have changed. That's right. I mean, now suddenly uh, he's out there uh, publicly. But it's important to point out, I think you touched on something really important there, Eric, which is the Biden story has shifted They've shifted the goalpost every time. The media has never called them out. So remember, when we first started reporting on this in January of 2018, the response was, no, these deals didn't happen. Then when we showed the deals that happened, then it became, well- Actually, here's some press releases from the company saying the deals happened. <laughs> exactly. Okay, checkmate on that one. I'll give you that one. Yeah. Exactly. Then the next position becomes, well, uh, his father didn't know about it. Well, then we showed that actually he flew on Air Force Two. He his father was well aware of these deals. Then the fallback position became, well, uh, Hunter didn't really profit from these deals. Well, we showed that, no, he actually got millions of dollars. Then the further fallback position became, well, his dad, uh, you know, didn't know and, and, you know, didn't profit from these deals. What we now have with the emails is the fact that his father knew his father was involved. In fact, one of the emails uh, that we uncovered um, has to do not with China, but with Mexico. And this email, I think, is particularly interesting because it shows the absolute intersection and how the Biden business model works. And when we talk about emails, I think it's important that we sort of explain for people that maybe don't haven't followed every revelation as closely. This is not like the uh, the hack of the emails of Hillary Clinton in 2016. Uh, we have been granted because of your prominence and, and your record with this story. Uh, you have been given access to three different sources of emails with Hunter Biden associates. So it's almost like uh, validation and uh, basically building upon the narrative because because we have emails from three different people that have done business with Hunter Biden. And we see the emails from Hunter Biden to these people. We see emails from these people to Hunter Biden. We see emails amongst this group of people. Uh, it only validates and verifies the things you've been reporting for three years. That's right. Uh, nothing contradicts it. You know, what's vitally important is we're talking about original source material here. This is not something we got online from Google. We're certainly not using anonymous sources like the media does all the time. Everything is laid out in black and white. When we talk about these emails, we're talking about emails that we cross purpose with other email collections that we also confirm independently with other government records, whether that's the work of the how the Senate Oversight Committee, whether those are Secret Service travel logs. So these are all airtight. We quote from the documents. There's no speculation. Uh, the provenance of this material is complete and genuine. Um, and that's what I think makes it so powerful. And that's what I think scares them so much. Why they don't want to have this conversation and why Hunter is sort of prancing around pretending like nothing's wrong here. Right. Not only are the emails verified by the other sources of emails that we have, but they're validated by the White House visitor logs, the Secret Service travel logs, right? These other 
public source documents that we've been able to obtain that absolutely just confirm the things you've been reporting for three years. That's right. We we don't even rely on just an email uh, as a source of information. We use the email and then use other official sources of information to confirm that. And that's why this material is airtight. And I think one of the reasons they don't want to have any conversations about this. And they've never actually argued or refuted it. They have not. They have not. They've not argued uh, that the Hunter, e- uh, Hunter Biden emails are uh, inaccurate. They certainly haven't challenged the Bevan Cooney emails or the other mini- material we've had access to. Again, this is a conversation they don't want to have. They want to talk about other things. They don't want to talk about this. And in fact, the fact that we have all of these different sources of emails shows definitively that the Hunter Biden laptop is accurate and true. Uh, And and this, I think, is really important. Um, If you take the Hunter Biden emails and you cross-reference them with the other emails that we have, and those other emails we have, by the way, because we actually access the Gmail account, right? We got the password. So we're looking at a Gmail account. If you also take the Hunter Biden emails and cross reference them to the released secret service travel logs, uh, that say when Hunter Biden was traveling overseas with the secret service, what you find is they match perfectly. So if the Hunter Biden emails say, Hey, I was in, you know, Taiwan last week, you look at the secret service travel logs, they correlate perfectly. So you'll notice now Hunter Biden does not deny that the emails are his. He just says, I don't know, uh, which is an admission on his part that these emails are absolutely accurate and true. People want to know what we do at the Government Accountability Institute. This is what we do, right? We read emails, we cross-reference travel logs, and there's been a gas shortage lately, so we haven't been able to go anywhere. So we've had more time (laughs) to be able to kind of really dig in. Bad news for Hunter Biden. I mean, it's good news, right? Because he's in the middle of his book tour. So, uh, I mean, that's the other kind of weird piece about this moment is he went from being this protected species, but now he's like, no, 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 I wrote a book all about it, yep. and I'll tell you about it if you pay twenty nine ninety nine. That's right. Not to knock anybody's book tour. That's exactly <laughs> right. No, we don't want to knock book tours. But, but yeah, exactly to your point, I mean, the Bidens have decided because they're not being challenged by the media. They're not being asked any questions about their evolving, changing stories. They're not being asked about the laptop. Uh, you know, they're running towards the fire. They're not running away from it. And, uh, you know, Hunter's getting paid for doing that as well. So then what do you think are the big takeaways from this tranche of emails, specifically as it relates to, you know, the news lately that that Hunter continues to maintain this uh, business relationship in China? And I think you noted that there's now an estimate about how much that may be worth. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, estimates out of the University of Chicago scholars have looked at this and said that uh, they believe that Hunter's stake in this Chinese f- firm is at least twenty million dollars. So we've got the pr- the son of the president in business with the United States' largest geopolitical rival at a time when, you know, the stakes aren't low. We mentioned the gas shortage, but there's, if you talk to anybody in any number of industries, there's a raw material shortage worldwide, and it's affecting consumers in anywhere from the car lot to, um, you know, any kind of mining operation. So I think it's fair to wonder as we begin to see this competition for raw materials around the world, how hard will the president of the United States crack down on the business part, partner of his son, right? That, that is a great question. And, and I think the other point we need to highlight here, um, since you've brought it up, is that this is the Biden corruption is corruption with consequences. Yeah. Corruption with consequences. Well, what do I mean? Well, again, to use the example I used earlier, if the nephew of the county council member gets a paving contract, okay, that's corrupt. You got to look into it. But if the road gets paved, you know, okay, you got to deal with what we're talking about here is that not only did Hunter get involved in businesses with Chinese government backed entities, 
But those companies and firms then went on and made strategic acquisitions around the world that benefited China to the detriment of the United States. And so let's think about that for a second. Hunter's not only getting paid, the fact is he's getting paid by helping a company acquire strategic assets. Hunter's actually making money on the other side. Well, I'm sure that 100 days into the Biden administration, more than 100 days into the Biden administration, the media's certainly asked Joe <laughs> about this conflict of interest and what you know what does he think about it and gotten some assurances from the White House that this won't be a problem, right? Is, is this actually happened? Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, this is part of the problem, right? Uh, there's no accountability um, from the media. But the important point here is not just that the media is not covering the fact that the Bidens are making money courtesy of the Chinese. It's the fact that this is corruption with consequences. Because this, this will lead, this is corruption that will lead to someone else's road getting paved instead of ours. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, and the road that's getting paved is outside of Beijing. And so what do I mean? Well, so Hunter becomes a partner, a part owner of this private equity company in China called Bohai Harvest, RST, BHR. And what do they do? Now Hunter Biden's on board. The Chinese government's given them a billion and a half dollars. They start buying strategic companies around the world. They buy a, a precision uh, manufacturer in Michigan that produces dual-use technologies. That means it has both civilian and military application. The company that helps Hunter's firm acquire this is the Chinese Aviation Corporation, which has a long history of stealing our military secrets. It's the largest military contractor in China. Uh, Hunter Biden's investment firm, where again, he has an equity stake, uh, buys the largest copper mine in the world in Africa that has other minerals, while there's this massive competition between the United States and China for minerals. So this is not just a story about the Biden family getting rich. It's about the Biden family aiding and abetting Chinese efforts to acquire critical tools that they need to compete with the United States. It sounds so bad the way you put it, you know? I mean, look, we're just, come on, man. We're just doing, they're not gonna, they're not gonna eat our lunch. We're just out here trying to help some friends. But I, I do think- um, They're not gonna eat our lunch, but they're gonna pay for it. <laughs> I think that uh, there's a couple things that I would point out. Number one is the, the very real national security concerns you just raised are among the reasons why I think you've been given access to some of these emails, right? Right. I mean, Tony Bobolinsky is this guy with a national security background. He, in fact, came forward at the risk of his own health and safety because he thinks it's so important. Not only did he give you access to these emails, but he gave an interview in which he talked about his motivation for coming forward. He's, and this is a company with direct connections to the communist government of China. So the former vice president has said he had no knowledge whatsoever of his son's business dealings and was not involved in them at all. But this sounds like direct involvement in them. Yeah, that's a blatant lie. When he states that, that is a blatant lie. Obviously, the world's aware that I attended the uh, debate last Thursday. And uh, in that debate, he made a specific statement around questions around this from the president. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I uh, almost stood up and screamed liar and walked out because I was shocked um, that after four days or five days that they prep for this, that the Biden family is taking that position to the world. Um, and once again, I'm irrelevant in this discussion. I just was brought in to run this company and have uh, been exposed to all of this fact. And I believe the American people should see this fact. I would have much preferred the Biden family go on record and define these facts for the American people on the globe versus me sitting here uh, having a discussion with you on it. You specifically said, look, I know about this. I've been involved in these circles. I was kind of part of this on a peripheral level. 
So that's why he has access to some of these emails. And that's why he reached out to you because yeah, like it's not okay if the son of the vice president was brought into some business deals, maybe so that a foreign rival could purchase strategic assets right in a way that we couldn't right exactly i mean uh, great point because remember these acquisitions like to buy that michigan company you actually have to have the approval of the federal government which at the time was the obama biden administration so it's a great it's a great cover it's camouflage uh, as it were for the kinds of things they're involved in and i think that that's actually one of the things that i think the emails help us understand is there's an email exchange like so how did hunter biden in the first place even end up in this business deal with the chinese government right that's not a thing that just happens to people right. as you're walking down the street even if you are happen to be connected to somebody in the white house right but there's an email exchange from 2011 where devin archer hunter biden's business partner is reaching out to a variety of people including hunter biden and he's trying to set up a white house visit for this contingent of Chinese businessmen. And these are high-level right. business people. Right. And obviously in China, right, if you're in high-level business and Chinese business, you're in high-level in the Chinese government, right? I mean, it's right. sort of yeah. inseparable that way. Yeah. And he says in the email, like, this is China Inc., underscoring the fact that these are the people you want to know. We're told by subsequent emails that they were successful in getting a access to some aspects of the White House. And then what we know then is within two years, Hunter Biden has formed this deal with the Chinese government. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the China's uh, Entrepreneurs Club, CEC, is this uh, entity, this so-called nonprofit in China that's linked to the Chinese government. A lot of experts have said that in the U.S. government. Uh, they get a meeting to the White House. What's really interesting about this, and you see this pattern over and over again, is that they actually got an off-the-books meeting with Joe Biden. Uh, now, what do I mean by an off-the-books meeting? Well, if you look at the White House visitors' logs, uh, it doesn't show that this group, it shows that the group went into the White House, but it never shows that they met with Joe Biden. How do we know they met with Joe Biden? Well, because members of that group back in China blogged about the fact that on this day, they met with the vice president of the United States, Joe Biden. And this is a pattern you see. You see these off the books meetings uh, where they're skirting the rules. They don't want people to know. And what it is, is it's a parade of Hunter Biden's clients. Uh, we know that 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 CEC got there and later the the, the Chinese government invested um, in, in that firm. We also know that that uh, executives from Burisma, the uh, the corrupt Ukrainian energy company that was paying hundred million dollars a year. He got a meeting with Joe Biden and there were others. So it, it's like an open door policy. And what's interesting about this uh, email involving Mexico is it is Hunter Biden angry at a Mexican counterpart because he's not getting um, what he wants in return. And I think it really illustrates, uh, and I think the audience will find it interesting, it really illustrates how this works. Yeah, no, the definite insight into the business model, the Biden business model, through an email that was displayed in, in 2016. But you're right. I mean, we the, part of the reason why we know what's happening is not only do we have the emails, but Hunter Biden's over there posing for him pictures in China than a ping pong player in the 70s, right? I mean, my man is all over the place. Worldwide Biden over here. Um, so in February of 2016, we have an email from Hunter Biden right. to the grandson of the Mexican president. Right. Okay. And this is February 2016. Why is it relevant that this email happens in February 2016? Uh, this is sort of the tail end uh, of the uh, Obama Biden administration. Um, and what he indicates in here is a couple of things. You're going to read it in full, which I think is going to help. But number one, what's interesting is um, he says in this, 
Uh, I want to be like you guys. I want my family enterprise to be like your family enterprise. The interesting thing about that is the grandfather who was president of Mexico a couple of days ago was highly corrupt, highly corrupt. And yet Hunter Biden wants to model it. The second thing that's interesting is that as he indicates in this email, he's been working on these guys for seven years, meaning he started working on them when his dad became vice president of the United States. Yeah, seven years from 2016 is 2009. What was true from 2009 <laughs> to 2016? Oh, Joe Biden was vice president, right? Yeah. And that, this is the tenure of the rise of the Hunter Biden business empire. So this is the email that, that uh, Hunter Biden sends to the grandson of the Mexican president. It says, we are arriving late on Air Force Two to Mexico City. We will be there for Thursday. I'm attending a meeting with the president of Mexico with dad, his business partners on the plane with me as well. And will be with me. We would love to see you, but you never respond. I'm really upset by it. You respond when it's something you need. You're the most generous person I know, but WTF. And I think it's important to put <laughs> that a grown man who is the son of the vice president really wrote in an email WTF. <laughs> right. So when you get, want to give your teenage daughter a hard time about some of her acronyms, she's actually being presidential, right? <laughs> That's right. Okay. The email continues. We have so many great things to do together. And I want you at the plane when the VP lands with your mom and dad and you completely ignore me. I've looked at what your family has done and want to follow in that tradition. And you always say you will help, but I haven't heard from you since I got you a meeting for Carlos and your dad. We've been talking about business deals and partnerships for seven years, and I really appreciate you letting me stay at your resort villa, which just goes to show you, you know, just like lunch, there's no such thing as a free stay at the Mexican presidential <laughs> resort villa. He continues, but I have brought every single person you have ever asked me to bring to the effing White House and the vice president's house and the inauguration. And then you go completely silent. I don't hear from you for months. I don't know what it is that I did, but I'd like to know why I've delivered on every single thing you've ever asked. And you make me feel like I've done something to offend you. So, you know, to the extent that this new podcast has crossover appeal, we'll just say it for some of the younger listeners, Hunter Biden's upset because he was ghosted by the Mexican <laughs> president's grandson. That's exactly right. Um, and what's interesting here is it brings everything together. So he flies on Air Force Two. He's going down there to talk business, right? So he's arriving in style. He's using our taxpayer dollars to get there. Um, and he's clearly connecting. I mean, this is quid pro quo, right? I got you those meetings. You're supposed to get me deals. You're not holding up your end of the bargain. How that is not, um, in my mind, criminal conduct of selling access, um, it lays it out completely clearly. And yet, Eric, the media has not asked them a single question about this. It clearly has to have Joe Biden's participation because he's on the plane. He has to know what's going on. And nobody in the media seems to want to ask him about this. And it don't appear to have been any follow-up investigations about what if any sort of business ventures or what actions we may have taken in February or, or 2016 period that might have benefited Mexico or over the previous seven years, right? Yeah. And so I think that's why, you know, this discussion, that's why I think your work and the continued work that we're doing with these emails, being able to cross-reference the various business associates and their source of information and the, and the public records we're going through, because we do think it's important. Like, look, the guy's president now, right? Yes. So, I mean, if this is what he was doing when Joe Biden was vice president, yeah. what's he doing now? Yeah, it, what's he doing now? And 
it's international corruption involving our chief rival on the global stage, which is China. That's what's so troubling. We're going to keep digging. There are 30,000 emails uh, that we're going through of Hunter Biden's. Who needs gas? Who needs to go anywhere? We've got emails to read. (laughs) There's 25,000 other emails we're going through. Um, There's a whole host of, uh, you know, message uh, uh, messages that we're going through and other material. Um, It's a lot of hard work, but the digging needs to be done. And we're in the process of doing that. And what we are getting is a complete picture of the corruption involving the Biden family and the consequences that it's having for the rest of us. Um, If people aren't concerned that the American president's family is profiting from this and they don't think it's going to affect his behavior, uh, we might as well give it up because do we really want in the future uh, our political leaders in deals with people around the world in this corrupt way and somehow pretend it's not going to affect their behavior? I don't think so. We certainly don't want them to do that and then email their friends about it because then we'll find out. You know, that's what we do here. At or, you, or use WTF. That's right? right. No more acronyms. Yeah. Well, good. Well, this has uh, been the drill down. And just as a reminder, you know, these are the things we'll be doing every week. So we have a new one coming out next week. And for more episodes where we uncover and drill down on information that you won't find discussed, facts that aren't being reported in mainstream media sources, go to thedrilldown.com. And you can find us on many social media platforms, some of which Peter Schweitzer is on, some of which Peter Schweitzer is not on. Thank goodness. (laughs) Thanks, Eric. And thanks, everybody, for joining us on The Drill Down. 